good movie buddies to the popcorn diets 2019 oscar primer as always i am your very best good movie buddy rick williamson and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy the canadian machine mr david melhorn we've already done one of these as episodes but the design of the popcorn diets oscar primer the design of these episodes is to bring a bit more of an analytical look at what one may call the classy pictures, the prestige pictures, the awards pictures that are coming out this fall and this holiday season, all leading up towards the 91st Academy Awards on February 24th, 2019. This episode, we're focusing on one of the most talked about movies in the festival circuit, one of the most talked about movies currently, and that is the fourth iteration of the story of A Star is Born. And uh, this version of The Star is Born, for those of you who do not know about it, is uh, directed by Bradley Cooper. Is actually passed around for a couple of directors, but Bradley Cooper is the one. He's making his directorial debut with it. It was written by Eric Roth, who wrote Forrest Gump, wrote Benjamin Button, also wrote, written, co-written by Bradley Cooper himself and Will Fetters. And it stars Bradley Cooper, it stars Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, Andrew Dice Clay, Dave Chappelle, and Anthony uh, Ramos. And before we get into the conversations, as always with our Oscar primers, these are going to be spoiler-filled episodes, so we are going to take all of the uh, all of the safety nets off, all of the bumpers off, and we're going to be talking about this movie in full. So if you have not seen A Star is Born, you should definitely go check it out. If you don't care about spoilers, then stick around, because we're going to talk about it. Um, but we, David, obviously we try to take a little bit more of a, uh, like I said, an analytical approach to this. Um, and you were not super familiar. You haven't seen the other ones. I have not. Right. Um, I saw the, so there are, uh, four versions of this. I think there might even be five. Um, but there are four. There's one from 1937, which starred, God, who does start Janet Gaynor and, um, Dorothy Par- or, uh, uh, Frederick March. All right. So that's some deep cuts there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fifties one had Judy Garland, uh, Everybody knows Judy Garland from The Wizard of Oz um, and James Mason. Then the 70s one, everybody kind of, I don't know, looked at it as like a a bit of a vanity project with Barbara Streisand uh, and Chris Christopherson uh, and Gary Busey, for that matter. And this one has this one is obviously a new remake of the story. It was originally going to be directed by Clint Eastwood and starring Beyonce. That was what it was originally pitched as. Um, But ultimately, um, Bradley Cooper ended up coming aboard, kind of taking the reins of this and making this his big passion project. Um, And because it's a four-time remake, David, um, the story isn't all of that unfamiliar. You know, A Star is Born. It's in the title. It's about the birth of a star. It's about somebody who comes, who is plucked out of obscurity and becomes a superstar. Um, So one of the first things that we like to point out or that we like to talk about is just an overall look at the plot, the storytelling, the themes of the film. Um, And I think much like all of the other ones, the the general theme is, gosh, I actually don't know what the general theme is. For me, one of the biggest things that I took out of this one was um, don't compromise. Like, don't forget who you are. Use your talents, use your abilities 
to um, tell your story. And there's a there's a scene at the end of the film where Sam Elliott, who's who is the greatest in this movie. We're already a big fan of Sam Elliott mm -hmm. here. Um, and he essentially tells Lady Gaga that all songs are basically the same 12 notes. They're the same story, but it's how you tell it. And the same is true of films or storytelling in general. All stories are essentially the same six or 10 stories, but it's about how you tell it. And that was a big takeaway for me is like, don't lose yourself in this. Well, I think you also have the scene where Bradley Cooper, before she does Saturday Night Live, uh, pulls her out onto the balcony and says, basically along those lines of, don't forget, I think it's your soul or your heart or something like that. Right. Um, if you don't tell these people the truth, they'll fucking eat you or something, yeah, something exactly. to that effect. You'll be lost, basically. Right. So I, I think that's definitely... A reoccurring theme in there. Obviously, you know you could you could talk about a number of different themes within there. You have the whole, obviously, the title of the film, "A Star Is Born," your classic Hollywood story, even though it's not Hollywood that we're talking about here, but the nobody to somebody type of sure. rise to fame mm -hmm. um, that Hollywood overnight success that everybody eats up, including Hollywood, because they all believe it's themselves too, <laughs> some uh, to some degree, yeah. But then you also have obviously. The whole, and again, this is where it gets into these aren't exactly new themes, but you have the whole like self-destructive tendencies sure. and, you know, all those types of things um, that you get in a lot of what seems like these stories, whether it be musician ones, I mean, in a different, different aspect, but, you know, you had some of this in like the uh, Johnny Cash movie because sure. he has a similar type story, obviously different ending, sure. um, yeah. but similar type of struggles and things like that. And it's not unusual for, you know, people in the music business or in Hollywood in general to obviously battle addiction. So it's not like those are necessarily new themes. It's obviously just told in a, another way and with some right. other you know, ways of approaching it and, and really telling it, which is what we talked about with, you know, the whole being true to yourself, not losing yourself, that kind of thing. Exactly. And I actually, that's a really good point because every single one of the versions of this movie, all the four versions I listed, um, it's a story about a, a formerly successful, um, male, uh, uh, artist talent, you know, in the first two movies, it's about actors and Hollywood and Oscars and things like that. In the later two movies, it's about music and Grammys and, and rock stars and, and whatnot. And in all versions, the male talent is an alcoholic. Um, and the female talent is the one who's plucked out of obscurity. I thought this movie did a really good job of making that, that addiction and that alcoholism, not just about being a has been, um, cause I think you see that a lot in the older movies where it's just like, you know, especially in the thirties version and the fifties version where it's just, I used to be a big star and now I'm not anymore and I'm going to drink. There were a lot of things, a lot of layers to Bradley Cooper's character, Jackson Maine, um, from the relationship with his father and his mother to the relationship with his brother to the tinnitus in his ear. Like there are a lot of different, you know, hardballs thrown at him in life that, make him such a sympathetic character. And I feel like somebody like Christopherson in the 70s version is less sympathetic, kind of because he's just an alcoholic dick and he does well, more dickish things. Well, I think it also tells or shows kind of the evolution of how we even look at alcoholism and addiction and things sure. like that. I mean, it was 
viewed a whole lot differently in the 70s, you know, definitely a different view in the 30s. Um, You know, I don't know that it was even probably recognized as much as it was like a disease or an addiction. Absolutely. Something that should be uh, that people should be sympathetic of rather than, oh, you're a piece of shit. Alcohol. Exactly. So <laughs> I think I think this really shows an evolution of how it's viewed. Even just looking at the evolution of these movies, I think showed a a shift in how we view people that have these struggles. Sure. As well as people, as well as well as sort of just uh, popularity in general. You know, celebrity in general. Like you take for example Lady Gaga, who we'll talk about. We'll talk about performances in a little bit. But you take for her her character of Ali, um, and how. You look at the the it's it's funny because there's the character of Rez, which is her manager, right? Mm-hmm. And he is clearly meant to be this kind of dick of a character. Although I didn't nearly find him nearly as bad because I feel like they actually did a fairly sympathetic job of showing, like, yes, Ali m- makes these concessions. She dyes her hair. She does this shitty song. Like she loses herself a little bit. But the film never has that moment where she has a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. It, it never has that moment where she's like, I'm done doing this because it's hard to argue that some of those changes lead to success. Like Rez manages her to a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Like that's like <laughs> that is that. You know what? That means he is a good manager. Um, and I thought that was in- an interesting take, too, because there's always that lecherous um you know the the producer or the the manager sure. or the agent. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a star, but you gotta forget who you are a little bit. Well, I and I think really they kind of nail the coffin, and obviously the average moviegoer or any moviegoer view of him because you know a lot of people may blame Bradley Cooper's ultimate end in this film on him on him yeah. because of the speech that he gives him about how he's ruining her life and all those types of things and but also he's not entirely wrong either no he's n- he's not either but at the same time is it know, bad that i sympathize with him a little bit that i kind of understood his point is that not good i'll, I'll leave that up to you <laughs> <laughs> but uh no and i and i think the cool thing about this film too like i said just kind of coming back to that point of of the different view it has on addiction and alcohol is I feel like it goes out of its way in this film, Uh, whether it be uh, Allie's uh, speech with, um, with Jackson's in the uh, rehab facility, right? How she talks about, it's not his fault. Right. You know, this is a disease, those types of things. And, and I would, you know, I think there's a balance there. I think, you know, everybody's got to accept a little bit for, um, their deeds, but I feel like this is something that the movie goes out of its way to make a point of. Like it could have easily just let everything kind of do the talking for it, but it goes out of its way, in my opinion, sure, to show a different side of that. Sure, and a big part of that is because of Bradley Cooper, not only as an actor but as a director. And it's it's uh, Bradley Cooper's got his his fingerprints all over this movie. And even though Gaga is sort of the powerhouse of the film, um, I think Bradley Cooper as a director really did some really great stuff with this movie. Um, not only everything that we've talked about, like the stylistic changes, the way that it approaches these hard topics in a different and new way, but just the effort that he put into showing the life of ce- what a celebrity is like. I think it's vi- there, it's a very real look at how this can be. Um, he brought in Lucas Nelson, who's the son of Willie Nelson and is 
part of his his own band and has his own band who's actually um the cover his band in the film his band that plays him is lucas nelson and the promise of the real and he brought lucas nelson in to kind of be like that advisor if you will to being a rock star and whatnot and those moments and obviously this is sort of a musical um it's not a musical in the traditional sense it's a musical in the sense of where music is a very big part of this film and there are giant musical numbers but they fit organically within the film instead of everybody breaking out in song and dance but those are some of the most powerful moments in the film and i think cooper absolutely nails it um i think particularly um the real i mean Listen, this movie hits you in the heart where it wants to hit you, when it wants to hit you. And it's very calculated in that, but it's also very, very good, uh, which it's not. I never I'm starting to coin the phrase emotional terrorism a little bit more. And I (laughs) and those are those movies or those TV shows that really attack you emotionally and manipulate you. And I didn't feel manipulated here. This all felt natural. It all felt very real, particularly that first performance where he pulls her on stage a lot of really close edits. Um, is there anything that you picked out of what Cooper put together as a director that that kind of shined for you, if you will, or shown or whatever the word is? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you touched on a lot of them, but I do think, you know, they do a good job of making this feel very much like you're there at the concert. Like, it's shot in a way that is very reminiscent of when you watch maybe live concerts that have been recorded for... Sure. Uh, consumption that way as well so it it felt very much like like what you would see from that performance side of things so i i think you had that i think it does focus a ton in on you know bouncing back and forth between very close-up shots of bradley cooper mm-hmm. and lady gaga so they're obviously focusing a ton on the relationship which is really what at the end of the day, this movie is about it's Absolutely. about their two relation, their relationship, the relationship of these two characters, um, the good and the bad of what they bring to each other, um, and how powerful that love is to get them through that bad. Like, exactly, their love of not only each other but also the art. You know, well, and I think what you're used to, and obviously, you know, being a remake, you kind of know where it's going, but. I think what you're expecting all the line all along is your traditional storyline with this, where it's like eventually he screws up one too many times and she's like, I'm done with you right. and leaves. And that never happens. No. Like especially when they you have that one moment where she goes to Memphis and finds him and she says, like, I'm not gonna do this again. Right. And so you expect when it happens again, right, that she'll be gone. But that right. never happens. And obviously that pays tribute to the power of, of their relationship. So, uh, but getting back to kind of the director, I think, you know, we see that um, the way that it's shot and the way that it's put together very much emphasizes that relationship. Definitely. And I think that that also bleeds into the performances. I think having Bradley Cooper is obviously an actor, a performer um, as the director fits really perfectly with this movie because it's an actor who is directing a movie about, or it's a, let's say performer. He's a performer who is directing a movie about performers. So he knows the life and he's able to communicate with his other performers on what he needs out of them. And the performance in this film are all excellent. Everybody's amazing in it. Um, We've already talked about Bradley Cooper a ton, but Bradley Cooper is 
almost unrecognizable in this movie. I mean, he's got his beard, he's got it, but but and he, I mean, he's Bradley Cooper. Like you can't put, you know, he can't really hide Bradley Cooper. But like the things that he does with his voice, it, it, him and Sam Elliott are brothers in this film, and it feels like it. It like he talk, he sounds a lot like Sam Elliott in a lot of a lot of scenes, and they share a lot of similar. Um, affectations and, and whatnot, and he's phenomenal in it. He's obviously he's got the the showier role, if you will. He's but, the alcoholic. Well, but I also think he had, and not that you get credit for this necessarily on screen as much as like you know admiration from people who look at the film. But he had the most work to do to become this character too. Um, not to put a knock on Lady Gaga at all no. and her performance, and we'll talk about her next. But um, She's already a performer, so sure. that all comes very natural to her. Sure. Uh, whereas Bradley Cooper had to basically become a musician, and and if you, I read up a little bit and listened some to some different things on it, um, you know there was a lot of work that went into it. He got a voice coach. This is not one of those films where he's up on stage performing, but it's someone else's voice. Yeah, it's him. You know, it's actually Bradley Cooper. And These he's are good. all Bradley Cooper songs. You know, with Lady Gaga, and he does a good job. Like no one's gonna argue that he's got a new career in front of him but no. at the same time uh he holds his own for the purpose of this film sure so sure. i think uh like you said he's got the showier role the more things going up and down from the the, the, the alcohol the... the way it affects he's playing drunk half the time you know right. throughout the, well more than half the time three quarters of the film he's right quote unquote drunk Right. Um, so I think he definitely has the showier role, um, and obviously he does just a phenomenal job. And and yeah, and I mean again, not to focus too much on Bradley Cooper, but let's talk about the star in the star in, in a star being born, and that is Lady Gaga. And like you said, she had a slightly uh, less difficulty curve, if you will. Not again, not to take anything away from her. Um, whereas she was a musical performer. You know, she can sing. She's a superstar. We know that much. But going back to that first performance, not only the way that it's directed and not only the music, and it's the one that's in all the trailers. It's the song Shallow. It's mm -hmm. the big ballad. It's the big emotional moment of the film. To me, it was the biggest emotional moment of the film. But when she's up there singing, you see all of the emotions. You see how how. I don't know what the word is, elated she is to be up there. You see how terrified she is in the way that she's touching her face and the and the the the, the emotions on her face. It, it's powerful. It's it was really, really powerful. Gaga is is phenomenal in this movie. And there's no I mean, there's no not to like make it as simple as that, but I she crushes it. Yeah, I think she does a great job. I would you know and this is, you know, getting into nitpicky, but like I would put, um, you know, as I look at the performances, like you can look back at the movie and there are probably multiple quote unquote Oscar scenes. Whenever we talk about best actor or any of those things, or, yeah. you always think about, okay, what clip are they going to show at the Oscars right. to basically show the, what what's they the, did in that what's film. The like, I always go back to Fences <laughs> with, what's her name? Um, uh, Viola Davis. Viola just Davis, where she's just crying. Like, that's the Oscar screen. There's so many times you go back to these lead roles, and there's one scene you can go back to. Jerry Maguire, you know, the whole yeah. 
you know, you complete me type of thing, you know? So, um, you know, I look at Bradley Cooper and I think, you know, you've got multiple options for those scenes. Probably the one that's the most emotional would be the one in rehab when he's talking Uh, and he's apologizing. That's definitely most, I mean, I, I would bet money. That's what they show. Although I would throw the truck scene. The truck scene's definitely up there as well. Um, I just don't think there's as much in that one as there is. No, in, it's in very the short. Yeah. So, but when I look back at Gaga, I don't see like there's not a scene that jumps out to me. Obviously, one could argue that every one of her performances on stage sure. are her Oscar scenes. Sure, I think um, that first. I think that first. Uh, but that's like a that's a you know that's like a ten minute scene. Yeah. So it's it's hard to like say okay where's the clip that you show sure. her performance in a nutshell sure. and I think it's more done over time and and that would be in essence her character as a whole too Bradley Cooper while he goes up and down in their relationship and mm-hmm. as a character he's basically the same character throughout it whereas I feel like she evolves as a character Very as much she so. changes in time with fame all that kind of stuff her persona goes from someone who you know is not confident you know, beat down type of thing right. to gradually getting more and more confidence in, in who she is and, and what she does. Right. So I think hers is more of like an overall evolution throughout the film, whereas he has some very specific, you know, Oscar scenes in there. Sure. So. And not for nothing, but we got to give a shout out to Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott plays um, Bobby Maine, who's Jackson's older brother. And I've loved Sam Elliott since Tombstone. You've loved Sam sure. Elliott since Tombstone. He's great in everything. I don't think I've ever seen him in as emotional of a role. Like they have a very um, conflicted relationship. And there are a couple of scenes in this film where Sam Elliott makes a damn good case to be nominated for best supporting actor. The truck scene when Jackson tells him, I never idolized dad. I always idolized you. And he turns around and it's just like, it's all in his face. Like it's so good um, what he does in this film. Uh, So definitely wanted to throw out there. For Sam Elliott and and just I'm a, I'm gonna put he's gonna be on some of my predictions from this moment forward. He's so good. Um, now, what's interesting about this film is it's been made four times. Mm-hmm. Do you think that diminishes the relevance of it all, or do you think that this is one of those films, much like how they say at the end of the film, it's just the same story, but it's all about how you tell it? Because that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day. You know, not to discount this film's relevance, but I feel like it will fall in line with movies that I would put into similar categories, like Ray and I Walk always the line, Walk even the though line. it's not an actual biopic. Even though it's not an actual biopic, it still feels very much of the similar tone, other than the fact that you know this isn't based off of someone's real life, which takes a. W- it takes away from a little bit, but at the same time, I think the thing about this story is it doesn't have to necessarily be about someone's life for it to be very real in that, like, this is probably hundreds of different people's lives. Sure. Maybe not to that extreme, but sure. um, so it feels like a very real story to that point. Um, I do think it diminishes a little bit that it's been told before, but at the same time, it doesn't diminish the job that they did in this film. Right. Um, it doesn't diminish the emotion and the performances and everything we've talked about is so high quality. Sure. Um, and I do love that last line about how, I mean, ultimately we're telling the same stories. Like we're telling the hero's journey. We're telling somebody's rise to stardom. We're telling the the adventure, the heist. Like these are all 
archetype stories, but what makes them different, what makes them so good and makes them memorable is how you tell the story, how unique you tell it, what type of spins you give it, um, what type of performance you put into it. Um, and, it, and I mean, it's 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 doing well in the theaters. I mean, so right. from so a commercial that the standpoint, next, that was the next question. I mean, it made forty two and it's forty two million in its opening weekend. It the budget itself was only thirty six million, so it's already um, profitable. It made profit just in its domestic box office release worldwide. Right now, it's at, sitting at seventy one. Obviously, we're very much early into it. It came, it's been out for a week. Sure. So, um, and we got a lot, we got a lot of, there's a lot of movies coming out between October and November. I anticipate that this is probably going to wind up depending on what its second weekend is like. I'll be very interested to see what its second weekend is like with bad times at the El Royale and first man coming out, but I could see it tapering off at about one twenty-five. But this screams is one of those films that's going to have legs still be in theaters yeah. come Christmas. For like, sure. Not in a lot, but it's still going to be in theaters come Christmas, kind of like Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, and not that these are anywhere near similar films, but like it was such a good movie in its time. And, you know, while good movies and, and things came out, it still drew an audience because enough people talked about it. Right. About something that you need to go see that it made it worth keeping in some theaters out right. there. Exactly. Um, plus, there's the whole concept of wanting to continue to keep it relevant as you get into the awards season itself. Absolutely. And, and if you look at other films that opened up around 40 million dollars. They all make anywhere between they made anywhere between 180 million dollars or 100 million dollars. So. I think it's going to wind up there, but like you said, I'm I'm I wouldn't be shocked if it if it had legs. Um, the la the last thing that I like talking about is kind of the ancillary stuff, the look and the feel of the film. So did this one? I know you you are a person who does not have many emotions when it comes to films. We've discussed this on previous podcasts where it takes a lot to to to, <laughs> to get those to get those feelings stirred sure. up. How did this do for you? Did you watch it dried eyed? Did you did you feel those emotions? Well, I mean, I think you and I. There's always scenes that that get get to you emotion wise, whether you cry or not. From that standpoint, um, you definitely feel the emotion in this film. I think um, you see it obviously in just their relationship and and the place it goes. Obviously, you want bradley cooper's character to to turn that corner and to be happy and to right. break that addiction but right. uh, you kind of also have that sense of impending doom for him regardless sure. um, obviously if you've seen the films before or know the story before you know kind of where it's headed right um so you definitely feel that emotion but the thing that i'll say in general you want to get a movie that you know has that extra power the easiest way to do it is to have really good music. Like it's true. There's one thing to put it on screen, but when you add that musical element, um, that whether you define yourself as someone who's big into music or not, like there's something that amps up the emotional magnitude of a film yep. of what you're seeing on screen when there's music put to it and there's real words and real stories being told through music. Um, and so I think that's why you always see films like this that have really good music and and we we bring up walk the line and ray um because it just hits you on another level and i'm sure there's a psychological aspect to sure. it of having that music involved in it well look at um, look at the general acceptance of musicals most musicals are considered prestige pictures most musicals rise above not only are they popular commercially look at the greatest showman but they're popular 
um, critically as well. You look at Les Mis, you look like you're 100% right. Music taps into something deep well, in the soul. Well, because you think about it, what do people do when they walk out? They are singing the songs from that. Right. What, what made great Greatest Showman as successful as it was is that people absolutely love the music and they love to sing that music. You can find tons of videos of people singing the music. I was at a wedding and, and they're playing one of they those. were playing Greatest Showman <laughs> and people were singing it. You know, so it's like. There's something about music that connects on a, a deeper level as well as makes it even more rewatchable because you want to go back and you want to sing along. Now, I don't know that Star is Born is one that you're going to want to go back in and sing along necessarily no. with. You're not going to go just to hear the music again. But I do think it's going to contribute to the overall excess of it. Of People are going to download those songs um, and they're going to listen to them over and over again. And then they're going to want to go back and watch it because they're going to be like, oh, that was so good. And I, um, and this and this film has like – obviously this film was marketed around Shallow. Sure. And Shallow is the – that's the big song in the trailer. And it's smart to do that because for me when it comes to feeling, that was, as I said before, the emotional high point of the film. That scene is so exhilarating and so emotional and so freeing and it's 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 amazing. And it got me – I'll roll the tear. I'm not afraid to say it. But like the rest of the film didn't quite hit me as emotionally except – Not even the end? So, <laughs> so it was actually really funny. As she's singing that final song – um, what is it? I'll never love again. Something like that. Yeah. She's singing it on the main stage solo. And I was actually, I had the conscious thought of, man, this isn't hitting me the way that I, ex I would expect it to. And then they cut and they cut to them performing the last half of the song together in a flashback at the piano. And I realized like, Oh, you never saw him perform that song. And I, it fucking got me. Even as I'm talking about it now, like I'm like, oh man, it's such a good cut. It is. Like it's such a good cut. Yep. Um. So yeah, it definitely. Even when there are moments where I wasn't, you know, uh, as emotional as I'd like to be, even then it's, it would surprise me. Sure. Um. So let's wrap this bad boy up. We keep these Oscar primers short and sweet here, but let's talk about the nominations that we think is gonna get. I had it pegged for at least. I think 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, at least 11, maybe 12 or 13. But let's let's go down some of these, and and, we, and we've already done some predictions, but best picture, shoo-in, right? Definitely. I think Gu we'll be guaranteed nominated. to yep. be in, in the nominations. Absolutely. Director. I would say, I mean, director's always one, again, once you get past picture, it always becomes a numbers game, right? Where it's True. like, it just depends what films hit and if mm -hmm. six films hit someone's going to get left out right as it is right now i would say from what we know so far yes absolutely i would say shoe in for a director i would i would say that as well but you got to give it a little caveat like directors are tough because remember the the individual categories are selected by those branches of the academy so the directors only select the director nominees yep. and then everybody votes well and i feel like i and we'd have to look up and i didn't prepare for this so my my bad that's okay i didn't either i i would think some of the not to go and i i keep going back to it but those biopic type of films sure. even though this is not a biopic or even this is the fourth run of it may hurt the cause a little bit. If we're having to split hairs between like six or seven really good directors, right? Maybe that hurts Bradley Cooper a little bit in this, but as of right now, I don't see how, you know, five other directors are going to slide in in front of him. I don't either. He's definitely going to at least get the Oscar 
nomination. I'll throw out one more thing before we move on because I find this interesting. Just remember Ben Affleck and Argo. But Ben Affleck and Argo is a prime example of a pretty boy actor coming in, crushing a directing job, and getting no respect. This sure. is Bradley Cooper's first film. It would not shock me if the directors picked directors over Bradley Cooper and said, like, well, you got to do it again. Well, you even just think of, you know, there's not a lot of history of lead actor and director in the film. I mean, right. the ones that come to mind to me are Mel Gibson, Clint Eastwood. Right. Ben Affleck, those right. are the first three that come to mind for me, and maybe it's because of my age, but of the people who are behind the camera as well as the sure. leading role in the film that they're in. Sure, yeah, and we don't have the stats in front of us, but I'm sure it's happened It's, it's happened again. Um, that being said, Bradley Cooper for actor, guaranteed. Like, I can't imagine him not getting in. I would agree. Like I said, it, it, these always come down to numbers, but it, I, I don't see how he doesn't. Yeah, actress, Gaga young passionate popular in again if if you had to if you said which one's more likely i would lean towards bradley cooper for actor uh-huh. but i think at this point both of them will get i think both of them will get in i'm throwing in for for i'm throwing in for sam Elliott for supporting actor i'm i'm throwing in a concept uh, 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 a number of reasons number one the performance is amazing it's very emotional number two it's that perfect kind of performance where he's in like four scenes and he crushes in, in those four scenes. He gives a speech. He's got one emotional Oscar scene where he turns around in the truck and you just see how broken apart he is. Number two, veteran actor, beloved in the industry. Never see, before nominated, I think. See, he he's for sure going to be one that comes down to a numbers game for me because yeah. I don't know that he did enough in the film. I mean, like you said, everything he's in, he crushes. But one could argue everything Dave Chappelle's in, he crushes too. Right. Um, it's just a matter of whether there was enough time on screen for it. I would definitely say, um, like I said, it'll just come down to the other performance he's up against. I think that's what he's got working against himself if it comes down to there's six or seven really great supporting roles, which I think it was last year, there was like Same a thing. ton of really good supporting roles, and it was like someone's not going to get nominated right. here. So it won't be because he lost. It'll be because someone else got Had it. Had more screen time, yeah. did a really good job as well. Uh, a shot at adapted screenplay? I think it's got a shot. I, I think that there's enough prestige attached to the writers as well. Um, you got Eric Roth, a previous award winner. You got Bradley Cooper. I think he's got a shot. Again, the thing working against it is this is the fourth time. That's yeah. that of all the categories that I think hurts this film. I think the adapted screenplay is the one that hurts it the most. That's because interesting because it's, it's been adapted three times before. Sure. So I think of all the ones that could be that could get knocked on, it would be adapted screenplay. Uh, all right, sound categories. I mean, those sound categories are always weird because sound mixing and sound editing, and most of the time, those either go towards war movies, action movies, or musicals. So I feel like it's got a shot at those. Um, One thousand percent best song. You could pick it's two it's, or three. It's going to be a La La Land situation where it's it's not a question of which song. It's how many of the songs and sure. which one wins. Sure. Cinematography, maybe. I mean, if it if it gets the momentum and that's the thing is if it gets the momentum and grabs the Academy members, then you'll see cinematography, you'll see editing, you'll see possibly production design. I don't think the makeup and hair is showy enough mm -mm. and I don't think the costumes are showy enough. But I think when it comes to sort of the look of the film, 
I think it's got and it's got and shots that's where in. I think something like costume it gets hurt by the fact that this is not it's a modern. biopic, um, because mm-hmm. there's nothing that they're trying to emulate on screen. Like right. you're not trying to make them look like right that character that we all know. You're making them look like a fictional character. Right. So there's not like, oh my gosh, Bradley Cooper looks <laughs> so much like so and so. Sure, it's, you know sure. that kind of thing. That being said, they do use makeup and hair to dramatic effect in this film. I mean, Bradley Cooper looks like like a downtrodden dude and Gaga, her music, her makeup and hair actually, like you said before, it follows her um, evolution throughout the film. She starts out with very little makeup and hair. And then as she progresses and as she becomes more of more of a star, her hair changes. She starts wearing more makeup casually. And then when the big things happen and she's like, I got to wipe this persona off, it disappears again. So it's used very strategically, but it's not, is it going to be showy enough for the Do they the get Academy? credit for the drag queens? Yeah, sure. <laughs> throw them in there. Um, so to wrap it up, we have it in as a shoe in for picture, director, actor, actress, Song, and I'm going to throw in the sound categories as well. So that's seven. Um, and then I think it does really have a shot at screenplay. I think it has a shot at cinematography and production design. And I think it has a shot at supporting actor, which gives us a total of 11. I think you're low end, four or five categories, high end, 11. I think you're looking any. Yeah, I think you're right. Anywhere between five and 11. Um, but I really like this film. I really enjoyed it. Uh yeah, this was this was big movie stars making a big movie, a big emotional movie. It's going to be a big hit, and it's going to get a lot of love during Oscar season. But I'm certainly not mad that I sat through it. No, it's great. Good. Excellent. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode, this week's Oscar primer on A Star is Born. As always, if you want to be updated about all of our Oscar primer episodes and our regular episodes, do us a favor, subscribe to The Popcorn Diet. Wherever you're listening to us, hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a rating. We're happy to be a part of it. Share us with your friends, with your family, anybody who... who is on the fence about A Star is Born, who wants to be updated about Oscars, let them know. Follow us on our social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And of course, check out our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, for all of our latest reviews, our Oscar predictions, and all of our latest episodes, miniseries, spinoffs, and then of course, our main podcast. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we're going to see you next time with another prestige movie on the Oscar Primer 2019 miniseries from the Popcorn Diet. Adios.